progressive, respectful, mentoring, compassionate. These are the values of Palmdale Regional Medical Center. And now we proudly present Palmdale Regional Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Do you snore? Of course you don't. Only other people snore. But if somebody told you that you do snore and you're not really sure what to do about it, my guest today is Dr. Ruanthi Campano. She's an ENT and a member of the medical staff at Palmdale Regional Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Campano. So really, what is snoring? Because of course, none of us snore. It's only other people that snore, right? And we don't even know what snoring is. We purr, actually. We don't actually snore. No. At least women. (laughs) So what is snoring? So basically, snoring is air that's coming in and hitting tissue, and then it causes it to vibrate. So snoring is what we call multifactorial. It can be caused by a variety of things that could vibrate in our upper respiratory system. We don't always know if we snore, although some people you know, can wake themselves up by snoring and you hear yourself and you go, oh, and then you fall back asleep. But it's really the partner who notices your snoring. So one of my first questions here, is snoring the same as sleep apnea? Because we've heard about sleep apnea. No, actually, most people, so a lot of people snore, but not everybody has sleep apnea. So sleep apnea is a medical condition, which is quite serious, has severe cardiovascular ramifications. But snoring is basically just kind of loud. It's going to bother your spouse. It's going to bother the people on the plane. But you're probably happily sleeping and you don't know. Sleep apnea is where you wake yourself up, you actually stop breathing at night, and it triggers other things in your body, and then that has the medical complications. So it's really important to differentiate. And I usually, if patients tell me, and based on their anatomy when I'm examining them, I ask them about sleep apnea questions, which would be if you're very tired, you know, wake, you get eight hours of sleep and you still wake up and you're really tired, if they are falling asleep at the wheel or they're having trouble concentrating or even high blood pressure. So certain medical issues are correlated with sleep apnea. Obesity lends itself to sleep apnea, but, you know, if the palate is, or the tongue and a lot of the airway, lower airway is floppy, that can give you sleep apnea. I've had patients who are 99 pounds who have sleep apnea just based on their anatomy. So snoring is not really considered a medical condition. Is it something that needs treatment or is it something that you just, you know, push your partner and say, cut it out. It just depends on how, ex- how extreme it actually is. So there's heroic snoring where you can hear them through the door. I personally, and I'm sure my parents don't appreciate me saying this, but I, both of my parents snore, snored heroically all of my life. And actually the dog probably snored the most. Um, but <laughs> if you are actually bothering your spouse, your spouse is not getting sleep and that's going to cause big problems. They actually make houses with two master bedrooms because of how significant snoring is. And a lot of times that spouse is banished to the sofa where they really don't get any sleep. And then there's people wear earplugs and other things. So it is a significant marital issue a lot of times. So what do we do about it? What what would you say if some couple comes to you and, and the woman is saying his snoring is keeping me up at night and it's making me want to divorce this man? What do I do? <laughs> what would you say would be the first best line of defense? So I usually do an exam and see what potential uh, places where they have obstruction. So I always say snoring is multifactorial. Air is coming in, hitting tissue that vibrates. So I start with the nasal anatomy, and if their nose is clogged and congested, basically if you can't breathe through your nose, you're going to open up your mouth, and pretty much everyone would snore. So there's a lot of different things you can do to open up the nose. You can use those breathe right strips. You can, If you have allergies and congestion, there's uh, medicated nasal sprays that are safe for you to use. 
there's allergy treatment, there's actually surgery, say your septum is deviated and you're very obstructed, I can open that up. I once prescribed a patient a medicated nasal spray, and his wife loved me, brought me chocolate for a while because she was so grateful that she was getting sleep at night. But then we want to go further down. You can examine the palate, you know, the thing that dangles in the back of your throat, the uvula, that, that's your soft palate. So that can, can go and obstruct the airway. Air is coming in, hitting that tissue, and it's going to vibrate. So there's various procedures that can be done. I've done pretty much everything over the last 20 years that uh, is possible. So you can trim the uvula. You can use radio frequency. You can use uh, lasers to stiffen up the palate. A lot of times, though, that does loosen up. My favorite treatment is the pillar implant. If your palate is a problem, basically, it's made of PTFE, which is heart sensor made of this. I implant it into the soft palate at the junction of the heart and the soft palate so you don't have, it's not, it's not like your palate is shaking in the wind anymore. It's stiff. And then they've done studies between three and five implants can be used across the entire palate. Then you want to address, look further down. So the tongue is another component of the airway. And so that's going to obstruct the airway. Uh, so there are actually dental devices that will bring your jaw forward, which brings your tongue, which is attached to it forward, and that can also be used to help with snoring. And then simple things, you can change your sleep position. So if your tongue is obstructing your airway, you can sleep on your side. If you're overweight, there's a lot of extra tissue in the back of your throat, so losing weight can help. Avoiding things that will make the palate floppy, such as alcohol products. And alcohol can also make the nose a little bit more congested. And also getting good sleep hygiene. So if you're... Uh, you know, someone who has erratic sleep patterns and you're trying to get back to more sleep pattern, you know, kind of a standard sleep pattern, that would be a benefit. Uh, you can adjust your pillow. So if you're elevated more, the flatter you are, you're actually your nose, your tissues that call the inferior terminates will become more congested. And also your tongue may include your airways. So if you elevate yourself, that can help. And then overall, just staying hydrated and uh, just being a healthy person would be a benefit. So the pillow, you could elevate yourself a little bit more, and that would help. So even if we see some of these beds on the market that elevate a little bit, that could actually help. Absolutely. Those are fancy beds. I wish I had one. <laughs> yeah, they are, definitely. So what else? I mean, are there any medications? Is this something that once you've done some of these procedures that you've discussed, is this a permanent solution? Or if someone snores on and off with some of these solutions, it could come back. I think that most people, you, you, snoring is going to be variable. I remember when I was dating my husband, he said, oh, it's cute. You purse sometimes. And then apparently after I, we got married, he said, oh, when you have a cold, you snore. Like apparently it was loud and a, a uh, you know, uh, and not as cute thing. anymore, right? <laughs> uh, not apparently not as cute. Apparently the purring thing was gone, but it's not. Luckily, it's not every day. So if my nose is congested, say when I had a cold, or if my allergies are acting up, then I'm more apt to snore because my nose is obstructed. So I think that for most people, the snoring is intermittent. So it's going to be when you have a cold, when you're obstructed, those kind of things. But there's a good majority of people, and I'd say the percentage is about 45% of uh, bed partners do complain that at some point in time, the partners do sleep. And so some of the procedures may be a permanent procedure. Obviously, weight loss would be of benefit. The pillar implant, which is P-I-L-L-A-R implant, uh, would also be a permanent solution because it's an implantable device and it doesn't dissolve. Uh, and then the dental device, just if you use it, it'll bring your tongue forward. So those are more permanent solutions. There are also surgical interventions. Sometimes, however, a lot of the things that we used to use a long time ago, you know, injecting the palate with things that'll stiffen it up, that does loosen up with time. So those things were more of a temporary 
measure versus some of the implants and, and other things are more permanent. So it's just going to depend on you, your spouse. But, you know, from personal experience, I know with my family that they, I always ask them, do you have sleep apnea? Do you have sleep apnea? And we did tests, you know, when they were younger. And no, they just snored really loudly, which was bothersome when we went on a trip because, you know, you'd have to share a room and that kind of thing. But it's just, it depends on the family. It depends on your anatomy. I think the anatomy is really key. So when patients come in, I have to do a really good head neck exam so that I can see what's going on. If they have huge tonsils, they're more apt to snore. Uh, but they're also possibly more apt to have sleep apnea. So it all depends. But the big thing is snoring is, you know, basically what we consider a cosmetic problem. It bothers your bed partners and other people, but it's not medically uh, significant except for irritation and you might get poked. You might have some bruises on your ribs and that kind of thing. But the sleep apnea is the serious thing. So if there's ever a question, I always say, have a sleep study so we know the difference. So wrap it up for us, Dr. Campano, with your best advice about sleep hygiene and snoring solutions, and why they should come to Palmdale Regional Medical Center for their care. Well, Palmdale is an excellent hospital. It's a beautiful, brand-new hospital. Uh, As far as why they should treat their snoring, basically, if you want to make your spouse happy a lot of times, you want to keep them happy, and you know, happy wife, happy life, and same thing with the the husband, I think that you probably want to treat the uh, the snoring. You want to address three basic sites, the nasal congestion and obstruction, your palate, the thing that dangles in the back of your throat, that floppy area, as well as your tongue. So if you address those three key components, sometimes you just only need to address one. One thing is the, the cause of your sleeping uh, and snoring problems. But a lot of times it's all three sites. So if you address those in systematic fashion, uh, you know, go, go have a really good head and neck exam from an ear, nose, and throat doctor and have that taken, you know, treated systematically, I think your, your spouse will be happier. Thank you so much for being with us today. What really great and such important information for listeners to hear. You're listening to Palmdale Regional Radio at Palmdale Regional Medical Center. For more information, please visit palmdaleregional.com. That's palmdaleregional.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Palmdale Regional Medical Center. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.